is Teddy Maybank and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Tonight's episode of the Fulham Focus Podcast is brought to you by your local pizzeria. Because let's face it, it's all Domino's fault. They pulled that stunt outside the cottage about how many pizzas have been sold since the last time Chelsea scored, and that jinxed it. So, if you're living in the Horsham area, La Piazzetta is fantastic. But we're not going to be talking about pizza, we're going to be talking about... Ah, that game against Chelsea. So to help me wallow in the self-pity that we find ourselves in once again, I'm joined by Luke Sargent, Sam Diamond. Don, producer in the States, is listening in as well to keep us sane. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Gentlemen. And as always, I use the term loosely. Welcome to the show. How are we doing? Have we recovered yet? Sarge, you're actually smiling. So you must be over already and ready ready for Sheffield United next this coming Saturday. Uh, if I don't smile, I'll cry. So I'm trying to trying to keep a brave face <laughs> on it. It's uh I did I did start to think yesterday that it's probably one of those that feels worse than it really is, because I think it's a it's a sign of what we've come to expect under Marco Silva that we're disappointed with a defeat to Chelsea where we we weren't really overwhelmed, we didn't get battered, we just kind of lost a fairly drab affair. And for a long time of our time in the Premier League, before the yo-yo years, that was pretty standard course. But we've, we've come to expect a bit more from this team. And I think it's one of those that at the end of the season, I don't think it will be definitive, but at the time it just feels a bit shit Sam how are you feeling uh, my name's Sam I'm 43 years old and I'm here because I'm <laughs> I'm very depressed uh, I, I, yeah I mean Sarge is absolutely right it's uh, it's the manner of the defeat and it's it's who we lost to and the fact that we we did it on on television as well just makes it sort of <laughs> that uh that more difficult to stomach and um yeah it's uh it will mean nothing come the end of the season but right now it's 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 a hard one to deal with and you two didn't have to go on five live at 6 30 this morning to talk about it did you that's that's my pain that's my own special hell it was horrible my friend Alex gloating away that yeah, they did a smash and grab. I'm going to come back to her in a bit because she did say something quite useful. But anyways, let us... Uh, can we put this off? No. All right, let's get going. Chelsea under the lights of the cottage on a Monday night. I guess, sorry you put it right. Going into this one, it felt like we had another chance to to do them like we did last year. It was... We've not been great. They've been crap. So it's that sort of, we could probably sneak one again and make it sort of seven points out of nine in, in three games. But what what did we think of the lineup? Because Marco went with basically the, the cut and paste um, Fulham team with the exception of Tessie being out and uh, Tim Castagna coming in. How are we feeling with that lineup against a, a pretty strong Chelsea one considering everybody... There must be about, what, 
400 million worth of players out injured at the moment. How are we feeling with the squads going in? We'll go to you first, Sam. It was as I expected, and I think probably for those reasons that he's not one to to tinker too much with with a team. I, I guess the point we got against Crystal Palace is a good point. It's um, it's probably one of our better performances this season. So I wasn't expecting too much. Um, I, I guess we were waiting to see what the the prognosis was with Kenny Tetty and whether he was going to be available. But I think. Uh, Timothy Castagnas played well, so he he kept his spot, and uh, it, I guess it really came down to what the front three was going to be. But again, obviously a lot of talk about Carlos Vinicius got his goal in the uh, midweek League Cup win, but I, I I didn't see him getting a start against Chelsea. I, I always thought it was going to be uh, Raúl to to lead the line, so. Uh, it very much as I as I expected. I guess it was just the the performance that I didn't really expect. Although perhaps I should have done. Perhaps the the evidence was there to suggest that, that was coming. Sarge, your take when you saw it pop up on your phone? I think it's it's that old thing. It's that old saying of you know insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that is kind of where we're at at the moment. We're seeing. The same players, but having said that, what are the alternatives? What are the options? We we could change the striker, but you know, last season we weren't overly enamoured with Vinicius. It it seems to be one of those things where as soon as the players out of the team, they suddenly become better than they'd ever been before. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see Vinicius, Vinicius on the bench and him in a start again. My my bugbear at the moment is the continued faith in Harry Wilson. I just I don't see what he brings. He he wasn't very good last season. We all kind of gave him you know the benefit of the doubt with the injury that he suffered early in the season. He sort of came to life towards the end of last season. But if you actually think of the games that he performed well in, we're looking at an Everton team that could easily have gone down, a Leeds team that did go down. Those were his best performances and this season, he's kind of back to that middling player that we saw for the majority of last season. I don't really know what Bobby Reed needs to do to get in ahead of him at this point, because while he's not the greatest player we've ever seen in a Fulham shirt, he's never really let us down. And Harry Wilson seems to not really be doing a lot to contribute. So I was I was more surprised there wasn't a change there than anything else. Um but yeah, the rest of the side was kind of as expected. I, I don't think it was the sort of game where you'd see an adventurous midfield where Iwobi comes in alongside Pereira. I just didn't expect that to happen with a game against Chelsea. It's more likely to happen against Sheffield United this weekend, which I'm sure we'll come to. Um, but we, we we just lack options. I, just, I think there's a lack of quality in the squad overall, and that's that's kind of there in its face at the moment. I think there's a lack of personnel in the squad. It's a, it is a small squad, and... It's also it's it's an old squad. It's got older. Um, I think it's the only squad in the Premier League this season with an average age over twenty nine. Uh, we just we don't have the options. You're absolutely right. Have a quick word about them. I have to admit, I did have to look up one or two of the people when I saw them because there's just so many Chelsea players. It's hard to keep track of them. But Borja being back, coming back after he went down with the the ligament. That was last Christmas. That was, you know, they have a striker again. Um, and of course, there's the the running £89 million, as I said to my mate in the pub joke, 
Modric. This is my fault again. It's not the pizza. I jinxed it in the bricklayer's arms by saying, yeah, he's not going to do anything. Again, it's two squads that you kind of could see coming because there wasn't much in it. Let's look at form coming up to this. We've not been great. They've not been playing badly and getting beat. If I'm going to be generous to to them, I can't even say their name. They're just going to be them for the podcast. Um, we've sort of said we were all feeling kind of confident. Was the confidence, I'm just going to ask this, was the confidence in a good place or was it us being Fulham fan delusional? I, I wasn't confident. I, I saw it as an opportunity, especially when I saw their team, when I saw Sterling was on the bench. Um, you know, grow your starting up front when he hasn't played barely any football. Cucurella at right back, like there was, it was clearly an opportunity. But equally, we we weren't in the same place we were last season. It, the funny thing about it is, is that we're we're talking about the you know the lack of goals in the team and you know not having our main striker anymore and Mitrovic he's gone. But we beat them last season at home without Mitrovic. The difference is, is that we were riding momentum. We we just haven't created any momentum yet this season. We're just kind of muddling along, and we've picked up some results that have probably glossed over the lack of quality that we've shown in the games we've played so far. I think the Arsenal game really papers over the cracks because that's a point we didn't expect to get. But um, the win against Everton, we could have lost that game. The win over Luton could have gone the other way if they'd been a bit a bit more at it um but we didn't play that well in that we kind of toiled our way through that so the points that we have on the board make it look probably better than it actually is from a performance standpoint and that was why I wasn't overly confident but having said that I still looked at their team and thought this is a team that if we do turn up tonight we can get something from and you kind of expect your team to turn up in a home game against your closest rivals that are you know, admittedly a bigger team than you. You think that the team would be up for it and they just never really looked like they were. I think that's exactly it. It's, um, yeah, I think we are in a false position this season. We haven't played particularly well, apart from sort of the odd half here and there. But make no mistake about it, that they, theirs is a squad that was very low on confidence Nothing had gone right for them. I don't think they have been playing particularly well in the games of theirs that I have seen. Um, watched them at Bournemouth and I thought they they were poor, especially sort of once they got into the final third. And yeah, you, you look at their team. It's not the kind of team, sort of the Chelsea teams that would come to the Craven Cottage in the mid to late um, like 2010s and, oh, sorry, the 2000s. Uh, you looked at those and there were players there that sort of really terrified you. And you looked at the, the the starting eleven of theirs last night. You thought, well, yeah, of course we can win this. Like we've got to fancy our chances here. However, you know, below par we've been playing. Um, I believed we could do it. I was up for the game. I don't understand why the players weren't. And that was clear from the outset. We just looked slow. We looked heavy. I felt last night. They 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 didn't snap. The passes weren't going, and it looked as well that. Out of the two game plans, Poch had set Chelsea up very much to keep the ball away from that channel with Palini in it because it was coming a lot down um, our right-hand side looking at Diop and things. 
reading The Athletic and a few other ones as well, looking at playing in behind the high press seems to have worked really well. But up until those 80 seconds of madness, we were holding our own, I thought. It was it was just, I was just waiting for us to, you know, wake up and get going. Um, and Well, we're not just holding the, our own, though, because they hadn't sort of taken the opportunities that had, that had already come their way. The, I know they, they, sort of the Brozier one was offside, yeah. but even so, there was that alarm, I thought, straight away. It's like, oh, this this is looking a little bit too easy when they when they start attacking. So I, I, I saw that and I thought, okay, they, they're going to wake up now. I guess that's 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 the silver confidence that I never used to have with Fulham because usually it was just, oh, we're going to get screwed now. But I, I was sort of thinking, okay, they've had a couple chances now. We're going to start to do our thing. And it just didn't happen. Well, maybe if when Modric goes through and hits it through Leno's legs, if, if Leno somehow keeps it out, maybe we do wake up. Maybe that's sort of the good fortune that we've had in other games this season. Um but it's, I think it once again evidence of like some sort of glaring chances that we're giving up early on in contests where we could find ourselves sort of behind and given our inability to score more than one goal, then you know we fall behind. We're not getting anything out of it, really, are we? Yeah, you know, I think in all four games where we've conceded first, we've gone on to lose. Is that right? I've just made that plucked that out of thin air, but. Feels right. Yeah, I mean, it's only obviously when we went behind after scoring first at Arsenal, we came back to get that draw, but I don't know how. I think so the alarming thing is is that, like you said, Bernie, they, they came down the left side, their left side, our right side a lot. And when you look at where their goal comes from, it comes from both of their left-hand side players basically bombing on and, and not Really, not no one in the Fulham shirt did anything to affect them. So Colwell gets forward. No one's really putting any pressure on him. He floats the ball over the top of Diop, who's just out of position, hasn't tracked his man. And Mudrick, who's now drifted in off the left and not been followed by another player, is now in on goal. And it was just, it just felt like we were sleepwalking through that first twenty minutes. And then, as a result, we got punished for it, and we didn't wake up with the goal because we then literally handed them another one immediately after it was it was, it was a really weird performance when you consider that it was a derby the success we had against them last season knowing that they were there to be got at they didn't have their main striker that they spent a load of money on Jackson was suspended they didn't have a natural right-sided fullback which should have been like a red rag to a ball for William and Robinson to go at and they just never really did I mean, the same with Colwell. I don't think he's ever really looked comfortable as a left-back. No. But again, you know, and then what you have then is Harry Wilson drifting inside and going into the crowd rather than isolating what should be, you know, Colwell's a good centre-back. I, I think he is a good centre-half, but he, he's not a full-back. And if you've got a tricky winger, you don't really want your centre-back coming up one-on-one with a tricky winger. But Wilson never really faced him up, never really threatened to do anything. And I, I just think we just didn't attack them in a way that, that we could have done last season. It was William against Azpilicueta, knowing that Azpilicueta's not got the mobility that he once had. William terrorising him. Bobby Reed on the right, causing havoc because they had, I think they had Lewis Hall playing fullback. And, yeah. and we exploited that. Um, 
you know, we went after their weaknesses. We, we saw that they were low on confidence, players that probably wouldn't be first choice, but under circumstance had to be there. And we went after them. And the other thing that I thought looking at their team was I wasn't scared of anyone in their team. Last season, Zhao Felix turned up and put the fear of God in me because every time he got the ball, he looked like he was going to do something until he got sent off. And with the greatest of respect, again, he's a good serviceable player. And actually, I think he's the sort of player we could really do with at the moment. But I'm not scared of Conor Gallagher. No, Conor Gallagher's been the butt of most of my jokes for the last 18 months. So sort of to see him running, run us ragged in the way that he did was... Yeah, it was quite distressing. Um, but yeah, the same, the same like, uh, yeah, Ollie Palmer, Brozier, they're all sort of quite tidy players. But as you say, uh, yeah, Jao Felix, and I, I think back sort of to Hazard and Robin and that when the players, as I said earlier, it's just that every time they got the ball, you just thought, oh, this is, this is bad news. But it does just feel like we, we gifted them that. I saw it was the first time that Chelsea had beaten a team above them in the table for over two years. Which which was nice that we were above them for the table for a minute. It's, <laughs> it ain't now, but um, the the thing that was scaring me during that first half because where we were in H five, we sort of had we've got Diop and Reem sort of right in front of us for, for that. They seem to be playing completely different games, and the communication across the back line just seems really weird. Yeah, the, was it football? Tell me it was football. I, I, I don't know. You know, the, the ream clearance thing was he just looked panicked. And that's not something I'm used to saying with, with Reem. He he tends to to do it. I think he was he was guessing wrong. He was getting turned quite a bit yesterday. And I think there was because they were coming around Polinian, there wasn't that extra buffer there. Um they just they didn't seem to be clicking at all. And I I've 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 been a bit harsh on on Diop for some of those suicide passes he's been pe- playing recently, but they just didn't seem to be on the same page. And Reem wasn't communicating with Robinson well either. I thought yesterday because there was there was a lot of space there in, in front of them. I thought Diop and Casania settled down better as the game went on, but on the other side, I think they, you know, once that eighty seconds was over and we were two 0 down, I never thought Reem was comfy. I think the team as a whole is is a bit bereft of confidence. And I, I don't know if it comes from just knowing that we're not in the same shape we were last season. I, I don't know if the squad has the same feeling that I think much of the fan base does, which is that we just haven't really pushed on. And I, I stand by what I said at the end of the window. I think on paper, we are worse than we were last season. Um, and I don't know if that's something that the squad is aware of or feels and they're lacking a bit of confidence that there doesn't seem to be the same conviction in what they're doing. I think there was a sense in the team last year that they felt that they'd gone through that championship season, done really well. They built a lot of confidence that they then added some real quality to the team that they saw come in. That was like, not only will be good last season, we've now stepped on, we've improved. Palina came in, Pereira was a great addition. You know, the team, just stepped on a notch, just with a couple of players here or there. You don't need to change the whole thing. So the players that got us there were still confident that their place was secure, but they knew they had some bodies around them to help them take it to the next level. And then this summer, just that just hasn't happened. And it, I think looking at the team, I think they kind of know that. And I think if you look at the starting eleven now compared to the starting eleven last season, it 
doesn't compare in the sense that a lot of it is the same players, but the key area where it has changed up front, we are worse. You know, there's not really any getting around it. And I just wonder if the team as a whole feels that and kind of goes, maybe we're not the force we were. And that just in itself breeds those little bits of uncertainty that lead to misplaced passes, panic moments, because they're not as they're not as convinced that they're going to get what they need out of each game. We've we got to give him his dues, though. Raul had a half-decent chance up in front of the Putney end towards the end of the half. Yeah, it's another one of those half-chances that he kind of takes. I've, I've been on this pod saying he's going to come good now for a few months, and <laughs> I, as, as much as I want him to, because... I remember the player he was, and just 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 a little purple patch if we could have him, just sort of in in the run up to Christmas when we've got all those games in December that'd be great. Um, you know, Collins, John was saying in the group chat he only sees five goals in him, and if we can have those five goals in December, that would be great. But he's yeah, he's he's not looking great. That's... We don't want them in December because if he scores the five goals in December, I guarantee you we don't spend any money on a new striker in January. <laughs> Good yeah. point, well made, Serge. Yeah, it'd be nice to have had him in the first half last night. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, to, be, to be honest, sorry, I was just going to say that that I think it was very kind referring it to to that header as a half chance, and I must admit, if at the time I realised that we'd be we'd be discussing that moment. Uh, on the podcast, I'd, I'd be really disappointed because I, I just, said well, we'd be picking peanuts out of poo in this one, Sam. Yeah. So uh, here you go. Yeah, for for XG lovers, I think that had an uh, an XG of zero point zero three. So um, make of that what you will. Uh, so I, I'm 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 not going to 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 get on Raúl Jiménez's back. Um, I'm not going to be disappointed. What we're getting from him is really what I I did expect, and that's that's not really a slight on him. I was uh, I was I was covering the Arsenal Wolves game in November 2020, I think it was, when he had that really horrific injury. I was covering that in a professional capacity, and it was awful. It was a really harrowing evening. Um, and I think anyone there, like at the time, they would have been sort of traumatized of, of what went on. Like he 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 did nearly die that night. Um, so to come back and still be playing, sort of at the top level in England, still to be playing international football is is remarkable, really. But it's it, it's sort of no surprise that he's. He's not close to the player he was. He never, never will be. And of course, now he's uh, he's, he's thirty two as well. So he's coming to the end of his career. Um, I always thought it was a an odd signing as a a backup option to to Mitrovic or another first choice striker. Then fair enough, I could maybe sort of see the the thinking behind it, but I could never sort of see him coming here as. As a as a starter, and to be honest, I think the only reason that sort of the Wolves fans have kind of accepted sort of his his return in the last couple of years is because of everything that he sort of did before that injury and what a what a brilliant player he was for them. Um, um, he doesn't have that with us, so it's sort of disappointing to see people 
reacting negatively towards him. Um, because it's not his fault. I, you know, I, I, he was never going to be able to sort of replicate what Alexander Mitrovic could do on a football pitch for Fulham, and he couldn't. He's unable to repeat sort of his goal scoring um, feats as well. So, I'd love to see him score one, five goals, whatever. But I just, I, I you know, I'm not holding my breath. Let's move on from that. Let's second half. Vinny and Iwobi were warming up. It took them 10 minutes to actually get on the pitch. It looked a bit better for a time. Um, and I thought it when when TC came on um, uh, and Luke it a bit later on, what, what was weird was when TC did come on, he, he was sort of up in the 10 with Pereira in, in, in the eight, which Pereira looked even more uncomfortable deep than he than he had done throughout the game. I know we're playing to a style, and that style is you get the ball and then you put it sideways and then you hope something happens. With Obion, who's got the, a first touch that wouldn't look off from where our uh, seven side teams play, we started getting a bit more direct. Things started looking a little bit better. That was my take on it. It wasn't great. You know, Vinny had a couple of scrappy chances, but we never really looked like getting back into it. And, and Chelsea, I don't think, ever really looked to threaten us after that again. Other than the guy kicking off behind us in H4, that was, I think, the most exciting moment of the second half for us. Yeah, it was... Um, it, I, don't know if, I don't know how much better we got as much as Chelsea kind of settled for what they had as well. Like they were 2-0 up at that point. There's... There's no real need for them to go and press the game and potentially give something away. So they sat in quite deep. They didn't offer much space in behind. And TC, actually, the, the pass that he played for Lukic was was brilliant. That was the sort of thing that you need to try and do in a in a situation where the game is, you know, made to made to look a bit ugly because there is no space. Um, but yeah, it just—it's—we still didn't really look like we were going to score. I just think we're in a—we're in a position at the moment where we used to scare teams a bit last season, where our intensity either panicked them and worried them, or the personnel and the quality of the personnel seems to panic them. And at the moment, that quality just doesn't seem to be there in the same way. And you know, we had moments last season where we had games like this. Where it was, we maybe hadn't gone two 0 down, but we were we were trailing. I think of the Wolves game, um, and Solomon comes on and pulls something out of nowhere. We don't really appear to have anyone that can do that for us at the moment. I think the you know the cup game against Leeds was was quite similar, um, where we we kind of you know huffed and puffed a bit, and then it was a Palinia wonder goal that got us off and running, and then Solomon did it again. Um, so we just we just seem to be lacking those moments of quality that you know set us apart. And if we don't have those, and we don't have the players capable of that, then it, it is going to be a long season. I, I don't know where it's coming from at the moment. Sam's just nodding. Yeah, I think I think we're, I think we're all in agreement with you there, Sergeant. Yeah, that was pretty much what yeah. I was going to say, just not as eloquently. So uh, <laughs> thanks, Sarge. 
I was scared by the cat that suddenly appeared on on, on the screen there. Sorry, that, that was uh, yeah, expected. she does that. J Max, <laughs> I mean, can, can you imagine if we had uh, any any wingers who could just move away from their marker like Sarsid from his cat there on the? <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have any problems whatsoever. I am available and I am very cheap. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, what, 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 uh, this, it, I, I'm making huffing noises because it just still bugs me. Because, yeah, if, if, if we, if we'd, if, if we'd wanted it, we could have won that, I still think, but we didn't. Um, yeah, we can talk about the, the the space we were finding on the right in the second half with with Castagna getting up there as they sort of pulling tight. There were some options, but it never really looked like changing, which was a real shame. What what do you think this is going to do as we look forward to Saturday against Sheffield United? Who I suddenly don't feel as confident going into that. I've, I'm just thinking that's got nil nil written all over it at the at the moment for me. Um, but do you think we're going to see a bounce? Well, I suppose there's there's two ways you can look at it. One, you could think we've been dealt the best possible game we could have in terms of mm. wanting to, as you say, to to bounce back with a, a performance and a victory. Or you can uh, your glass can be half empty, and you can think, well, are we in a real predicament here? Are we up against a direct sort of opponent for for um, avoiding those bottom three places? And is it going to be a real scrap? Uh, they seem to be having sort of similar issues to us. They they don't they don't have the the quality of personnel that we have, but they. You know, they're not creating chances. They're not having attempts at goal, and obviously they're they're letting them in by the bucket load. So I think it would be a very foolish Fulham fan who turns up expecting us to to sort of <laughs> even get close to to half the amount that Newcastle put past them last week. But um, we've played them twice in the Premier League before at, at the Cottage, and we've won both one nil. And I would would happily take a repeat of that now because I well I just don't think we're, we're likely to to get anything better than that. I think they're they're not as good as Luton. I think Luton <laughs> are more likely to stay up than Sheffield United. I this mean that, that's a sentence on... and a half, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I can I can feel the hate tweets coming out as from the, the Blades fans. But Luton Luton look more likely to stay up than Sheffield United based on what we've seen so far, and I think even Sheffield United fans would have to accept that that's probably true because Luton have won a game and they haven't. But Luton have been competitive in a lot of their games and they've given solid Premier League teams trouble and they gave us trouble and I think this game could follow a similar pattern to the Luton game it really comes down to how early we can break you know break their resistance if we can score a first half goal I think that we do have a chance to potentially go on and win two or three um, because they'll have to come out and try and get something from the game but if they are able to stay in the game and they're able to you know, make us struggle and huff and puff like we have been doing, um, then it could turn into a long afternoon. They they will try to threaten on the break. I don't know that, again, they're not a team of great quality. I think we have more quality than them, as Sam said. But I think we should have enough. And I'm more 
inclined to look at the way that we played against Palace, who are a solid, well-organised Roy Hodgson team. And that was only a week ago. And we weren't terrible. I know we didn't score and, and we probably didn't create a real clear-cut chance, but we created enough that we could have got a goal or two out of that game. And I think if we perform to that level, that should be enough to, to ease past Sheffield United. I don't see them raising their game particularly for a, an away day at Craven Cottage. I think if, if we were going up to Bramall Lane off the back of this result, I'd be a bit concerned because I think they'd see it as a real opportunity. But I think they'll come to they'll come to Craven Cottage to try and avoid losing rather than to try and win. And that might just give us a bit more control over the game. And if we can then nick a goal, it might open up for us. But it, it's, it's a lot of ifs and buts at the moment. I accept that. Um, I just think this is the sort of game that we will win. We've been good at winning in the past under Marco Silva. Although not against Sheffield United, because they, of course, did the double over us in the championship season, which is the only two occasions that Paul Heckenbottom has come up against Marco Silva in his career. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. But, but, but on that, it's it's worth pointing out that the two players that ran us ragged in, in, in those two games are no longer there, with Burjoff to um, uh, Burnley and Adai. Did you go to France? Marseille, I think. Of course, they had Morgan Gibbs-White as well. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say they're not as strong as the team that they had in the championship. Um, Yeah, it's just sort of, again, I don't don't want to make this too sort of stats heavy or focused, but we are the two teams in the Premier League this season who are averaging the fewest amount of shots per game and the fewest touches in the opposition box per game. And only Luton and Burnley are averaging... um, fewer expected goals per game and that could all change because they're playing each other tonight so you're not bringing xg into this conversation (laughs) it has its place i think sheffield united are quite a good cautionary tale though because they are in a position that we nearly found ourselves in their their main attacking threat has gone and so is ours and their best midfielder has gone and ours nearly went um so, you know, it, it does speak to having to maintain that level of quality in the team. And had we lost Palina, we could be in a really similar position to them at the moment. I think he he does create uh, the potential for us to still, you know, hold our own, certainly dominate certain teams in the midfield across this season. He is, you know, head and shoulders above anything that they'll have in their team. He's head and shoulders above most of what we have in our team. Um <laughs> I think that will that will shine through in this game. I, I think we'll still have enough for to beat them. I, I think we will toil a bit to try and score, but if we if we can get one, like I said, in the first half, then it might just ease the pressure. We might see a bit more out of us. I'd like to see us go with a slightly more adventurous midfield than than the three that we saw against Chelsea. But we'll see what happens. And you'd also like to think, if it came down to it, we we have a far better goalkeeper in Burn Leno than than Paul Wes Fodringham. Um those could be the fine margins as our old friend liked to tell us that this one uh, swings upon. We we, sh- we should give a shout. Leno made some great saves last night as well. And it, it, it could it could have been, it could He have always been worse. does. Yeah, thank 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 you Burn. You're you're already a Fulham legend and we love you. Never leave, please. Never never leave. <laughs> Um, so do we do? Let's just think about starting eleven. Do we think we're going to see Vinny start? Is are we going to make it on in 
on the pitch from the start? Is it going to be same again? Hopefully, something different. Pass to the wings. Let I think Jimenez keeps his place for a bit longer. I, I, a bit like Sam. I, I'm not. I'm not against Raúl Jimenez. I, I'm willing him to do well. I, but this is what I expected. This is kind of. This is the player that we really should have known we were getting. We're talking about someone that scored six goals in more than two seasons now. Um, it's, it's you know, it is what it is. I, I, the, the crime isn't Raul Jimenez. It's, it's the lack of the lack of investment in that area of the pitch over the course of the summer and not really following up. And I know that we saw that, you know, Marco Silva wasn't keen on certain players and, and was happy with Jimenez and therefore didn't push for a striker. I, I just don't buy it. You know, the, the club are, are going to release information to journalists that paints them in the best possible light when it comes to things like this. And I just don't believe that we weren't pushing for a striker because we all saw the rumours. They don't come out of thin air. We clearly were in the market for a striker. We just didn't get one. Um, you know, what reason there was for that? Were we going after the wrong players? Were we just going after players that clearly weren't available? Did we move too late because, you know, there were strikers available earlier in the window that we, you know, we missed out on. We were caught maybe a bit blindsided by the Mitrovic deal, but ultimately we didn't, we didn't get the requisite quality in that area of the pitch. And if we were struggling to get a striker, then we really should have pushed to get someone in an attacking wide area that could add goals to the team. Because again, that's something that's, that's lacking. It's, you know, Raul Jimenez is, is the striker at the moment. I still think he's a better player than Carlos Vinicius, even though Vinicius has scored a couple of goals. And he is what we have. We just need to hope that one goes either goes in off his arse or he refines form. And we need to hope that the rest of the team can find the level that they had last season because they, they're not at the moment. I think, you know, that's clear. It's not just Raul Jimenez that's not given us enough. It's, you know, from front to back, with the exception probably of Leno, the team's not up to par at the moment. That's not where they should be performing in terms of what we've seen from them in the past. So it's it's a tricky one. I think the, the main change I would look to make would be on the right-hand side. And I would like to see a Wobi start alongside Pereira and Pelina just to give us a bit more thrust. Yeah, I'm in a, a similar mindset. I think the, the one change that may happen will be a Wobi coming in. Um yeah, uh, just just some poor old Rao, and I'm not going to hammer this point home much more. But uh, it's now 30 Premier League games since he scored uh, for Wolves against Watford in March 2022. 2,026 minutes, and he's had 42 shots at goal in that time. So, as you say, maybe maybe it's the old Kevin McDonald. He needs one to go in off his ass, and he'll be he'll be up and running. Um. We're, I think we're assuming that Tim Ream will keep his place, despite some uh, some hairy moments last night. If he does play, uh, it will be his 300th appearance for Fulham. And I think Ooh. only Simon Morgan would have made more in the modern era, as uh, people who can't be bothered to look at record books beyond the 1980s say. Um, and he also turns 36 on Thursday. So let's hope that's a happy week for him rather than another... Another nightmare. I'd I'd like to see changes. I don't think we will. I I I think he's he's not at the point where he's going to twist yet. 
I think Iwobi is Iwobi's his player. I, I think at some point Iwobi comes in and establishes himself as a starter. He's signed him twice now. Where do I, you see him playing, Sarge? I think he's an eight. I think he plays instead of Harrison Reed. Um, I don't think he's 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 definitely not a winger. I, I've seen this like people say they'd like to see him wide, and he's not a winger. He's he's never no. been a particularly effective winger. He's he's athletic. He's good on the ball, but he's just. He's not a winger. He he has done his best work in central areas. So that's where I think he'll, and that's where I think he's been brought into play. And when he's come off the bench, more often than not, that's where he's that's where he's operated, and that's where he's made a difference for us. So I think that's where he plays. I think he he'll come in. I think this if if he's ever going to play Awobi as an eight with Pereira still in the team, this surely this is the game to do it. This is the one because. You're playing against opposition that you should be beating. We're lacking goals. We need to find a way to, you know, open teams up a bit more. And whenever a Wobi comes on, he does offer that. There's the argument that you like to bring a player like that on late in games, but I don't think we spent the money we spent on a Wobi to use him for the last half hour every week. So I think I think this week we'll see him start. I, I agree with Boney. I don't think there'll be there'll be mass changes. I don't think Tim Ream will come out of the team, to be honest. Um, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring him out. I think we need we need leaders on the pitch, and we don't have a lot of them in this squad. And Tim Ream is that. So I think he will play purely because he is one of the leaders in the squad. Um, I'd like to see a change out wide again, like Boney. I'm not convinced we will, but. I do think, I think the Awobi one, if it's going to happen, it kind of has to happen now. Yeah. I'd be happy to see him in the eight. I think just, just something a bit more direct to the middle. There's, there's, there's times both of our strikers have been screaming out for a through ball and it's gone wide. I just think maybe with him not as, Renewed to what we've been doing. Because let, let, let's let's look at the run at the moment. We've got Sheffield United on Saturday and then a little bit of a break. And then we've got Spurs after the international break, Brighton, Manchester United, Villa. So. Brutal. Yeah. It's, it's really it's, looking it, forward to the international break. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to, it's going <laughs> to. It's going to be fun. We don't have to worry about this. But this is this is the Premier League now, right? Like this is this is the Premier League. Like this is what we what we've been seeing for the last last season. We were one of those teams that if you threw us into that run of games for anyone else, they wouldn't have liked seeing our name in there. There's so many good teams now. There are a few shit ones, but you know, Villa Villa are a good team. Brighton are a good team. Brentford are a good team. You you know, more than half the league are good Premier League teams at this point. So that that's, I know she didn't that's say Manchester worry. United though. <laughs> but even even them, like they're still you know, they're still picking up points. Like it's that it's that thing. Teams are just there's not a lot of gimmies. You know, Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley have come up and they've they've found it hard because they've played it, you know, everyone they've played has rolled them over at this point. And there's not there's not a lot of wriggle room for a team like Fulham, which is why again the window was so disappointing because we've regressed and we probably overperformed a little bit last season. If we don't overperform again and we're not as good, the regression starts to look really concerning, and that that's 
where we need to find a way to, you know, we need Marco Silva to pull out the 110% like he has been up to this point as as Fulham manager. Now, you made a good point, Sam, in our chats. First time for everything. Yeah, I, I was shocked. Um, <laughs> but you, you, if we win against Sheffield United, we'll be at the same point after eight games we were last year. So to Sarge's point about overperforming last year, that's not terrible in the great scheme of things. Granted, we've probably not had as tricky a start as we did last year, but it it's a little a little sign of hope on what has possibly. been otherwise dreary podcast. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Sometimes I, I feel that those kind of statistics can... I mean, not so much paper over the cracks, but like just put a a very thin sheet of paper over a massive gaping hole. Um, I, I, I'm always sort of taken back to, I think it was the last day of the season in 2012-13 when we beat Swansea on the last day. A bit of 3-0, we shot up about six places in the table and, and had what looked to be quite a comfortable Premier League finish. Whereas I think most people knew that we'd been on the decline for a long time. And of course, the, the next season, it all fell apart. Um I don't feel we're at that stage, but I yeah I I I think there's a lot to be concerned about at the moment. And eight games into last season, we were all extremely positive about how it become. Sarge mentioned earlier the momentum of coming up is is huge. Um, if you can keep that going with quality players in in your team, you know you're set for a great season. And this time around, it's it's completely different, and we're just sort of kind of grinding out the odd result here and there, being fortuitous. And I'm not panicking. Well, actually, no, I am panicking. I'm I'm a, I'm a panicker. Um, <laughs> let's see how it looks on uh, on Saturday evening, because I think we may have a a real indication of how the rest of the season is going to play out. Right, predictions for Saturday then. Chaps, Sarge. I think we win two 0 I, I think we'll keep the clean sheet. I think we'll score a first half goal. I think we'll maybe have to ride a bit of a storm first ten fifteen minutes of the second half where they try and come at us, and then I think we sucker punch them and kind of just take the take the faith away from them a bit, and and yeah, see out a see out a two 0 Sam. I'm um, uh yeah I'm I think we're going to repeat history and it's going to be another one nil win against them in the Premier League and I think this year's Jimmy Bullard slash Adamola Lookman will be Alex Awobi I think he he'll, he'll pop up with the crucial goal um one thing I did notice just before we came on air was they've announced the the, the referee appointments and this could well be a knock on of the sort of the VAR fallout from the weekend. Uh, but referee in the Fulham Shelf United game is Sam Barrett, who I hadn't heard of. And that's because it's his first Premier League game. And he's sort of, he, he looks like to be the latest one who's been fast-tracked. He was kind of doing National League and League Two four or five years ago. Uh, but it's his first Premier League game. And uh, he is from 
uh, West Riding in Yorkshire, which is just a sort of a 50 minute drive down to Bramall Lane. So nothing can go wrong there. Uh, in that case, I'm going nil nil. Um, he's a Wednesday fan. He's a Wednesday fan. <laughs> well, that's got to be it. Please God. Right. I, I, I think on, on that bit of positivity, I'm going to throw in one thing that came up on my early morning chat with the, the guys on Five Live is my mate Alex Churchill, who's on the Chelsea fan cast. She made the point that in the good old days, Chelsea used to bounce when they were beating the likes of Real Madrid. Now they're bouncing because they get a fortuitous 2-0 win against us. So it's nice to see how they've fallen and we've risen back up to give them a hard time. So remember... I'm more alarmed that you're friends of a Chelsea fan. Oh, she's great. I, I, I have, I have, I have a lot of, lot of time for, for the boss lady. But yeah, she's, um, she's, she's a. Yeah, she, she can be a bit annoying when we talk football. We stick to history more often than not, and, and two times a year we. Do Which Chelsea don't have any of, so yeah, it's, well, uh, quite, quite tricky. Stamford Bridge wasn't built for them. It was, um, right. Let's just remind everybody to frequent your local pizzerias because we no longer endorse American invaders with their over-salted pizzas and high prices and stupid, stupid stunts before games that completely screw over the Mighty Whites. So, as I said, if you're in Horsham, La Piazzetta is fantastic for takeaway. Monteforte, which is also in Rygate, um, do check them out. They're fantastic. Don't know if you guys have any local pizza places you want to give a shout-out to. If you say Papa John's, you're, I'm just going to end the call now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I live in Scotland. It's all munchy boxes and deep fried Mars bars, apparently. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with any uh, any certified Italian cuisine in my local area. I'll have to scout it out and see what's on offer. All right, I, th- I think I think we're doing this again next week, Sarge. So you you find find me a decent 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 Italian round your way. I'll tell and, you the uh, best pizza in Buckinghamshire. Beautiful, beautiful, gents. Thank you so much for for <laughs> spending an hour of your Tuesday evening when you didn't have to relive all that with me. It was it was very kind of you, Sam Sarge. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Just as we wrap up, we've got our any other business because we've got some important things to shout out. Fulham women are flying at the moment; they're in second place in the London and South East regional table. They're five points behind Dartford, who have had a perfect start to the season, but they're in action on Sunday at Motsford Park. Be sure to give them a look up if you're wanting something to do. Um, And then the under-18s and 21s, again, are are doing very well. The under-18s are in first place. The under-21s are in second. So do check them out. I have just actually closed the tab with their fixtures, so look them up on site so you can get up to Mutsburg Park or if they're playing locally um, do go give them a cheer as (laughs) they're scoring goals and they're winning so what's not to love about going to see the rest of the Fulham family as always thank you for spending your time with us this has been your Fulham Focus podcast until next time thanks so much for listening Fulham.